Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hour number two of the Rob Carson Show. Much to get to, including uh, Donald Trump talking about uh, keeping us out of wars, which he did really well, by the way. He did it quite well and uh, didn't even get nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. But I have a feeling, I have a funny feeling Joe Biden will be nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize for the war in Ukraine. I don't. I, as Rush used to say, don't doubt me. Uh, it's just the way that organization is. Uh, and did I mention at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be talking to this guy. The Nuge! The Motor City Madman. Now I want to work out. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Ted Nugent joins us at the bottom of the hour. I just, uh, I love it. See, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, just outside of Omaha, Nebraska. And, uh, and Omaha is one of those kind of, particularly a little more blue collar uh, back in the day. Um, now it's a craft, craft brew tourism mecca. Seriously. Oh my God. Have you had their, their new, uh, what is it? Oh, this, uh, pale ale. It's so delicious. It's not so herbaceous. But anyway, so that's, uh, that's Omaha. Omaha used to be a cow town and, uh, and Nuge was like really big on the radio in Omaha, Nebraska. When I was growing up listening to Z92 in Omaha, that's kind of one of the reasons why I got into radio. So, uh, anyway, uh, it, it, I listened to a lot of Ted Nugent music when I was a kid. <laughs> So he will join us at the uh, bottom of the hour. So that's uh, that's cool. Um, let's real quick. I want to get to uh, this Donald Trump audio. Uh, Donald Trump, of course, running for president. Now he's been joined by, and maybe you don't know the name, and and you know I've known this guy for mm, probably been watching for about a year, I guess, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, because he's. Um, He's amazing. I mean, he's a really amazing uh, entrepreneur, uh, author, uh, very non-woke uh, uh, Indian descent, I guess. Uh, and, and you know the amazing thing? He, di- unlike Nikki Haley, didn't like say, hello, I'm Vivek Ramaswamy, and uh, I'm an Indian American who grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. Uh, no, never. 
He just says, uh, here's where the country's going wrong. Here's what I can do. He's a 37-year-old dude. Let me share some audio from uh, Vivek Ramaswamy versus Nikki Haley. And then last night, um, the perfect distillation for Nikki Haley. And I've been trying to put my uh, my uh, my head on, uh, you know, uh, I've been trying to figure out how can I describe Nikki Haley because she's not going to be the president. She she not um, and and he, and the perfect distillation of that. Uh, Tucker Carlson said it in a line. I'm going to share that with you here uh, very shortly. But uh, Donald Trump says we need to clean house of all warmongers and America last globalists in national security industrial complex. There's a lot of complexes in this. There's the aborto industrial complex. There is uh, well, the big offense. Big offense is where you you say something that's deemed offensive, and then you have to go to retraining to retrain your brain, like they used to do in communist uh, uh, the Soviet Union, and they still do in North Korea, in China, in Cuba. Uh, and then there's of course the uh, the uh, military industrial complex which we're all familiar with and i'm not an anti-war guy um but we have really uh shown the world how not to conduct a war uh, a few times in our history and unfortunately we've left a lot of our young men who are always cannon fodder uh we left them hang out to dry vietnam number one all right so you veterans who are listening from vietnam uh what what america did to you uh and building a memorial ain't enough. <laughs> it's not enough. Because you bravely fought like any soldier who's been called or volunteered. And they left you to hang out to dry. So, there you go. But anyway, here is uh, Donald Trump talking about uh, moving away from this. And you know what? Do you remember that old peace through strength thing? Well, that's what he did. That's what Ronald Reagan did. Uh, Ronald Reagan helped to precipitate the fall of the Soviet Union. I have a funny feeling that Donald Trump would do the exact same thing and when he is back in office another four years. World War III has never been closer than it is right now. We need to clean house of all of the warmongers and America last globalists in the deep state, the Pentagon, the State Department, and the national security industrial complex. Oh, there you go. One of the reasons I was the only president in generations who didn't start a war is that I was the only president who rejected the catastrophic advice of many of Washington's generals, bureaucrats, and the so-called diplomats who only know how to get us into conflict, but they don't know how to get us out. For decades, we've had the very same people, such as Victoria Nuland and many others oh, just yeah. like her, obsessed with pushing Ukraine toward NATO, not to mention the State Department support for uprisings in Ukraine. These people have been seeking confrontation for a long time, much like the case in Iraq. Yeah, and by the way, where were they for the freedom-loving people of Iran during the Green Revolution? Where were they for the freedom-loving people of Cuba? Who, I mean, literally, they could have probably overthrown uh, the Castro bros and their regime just a couple of years ago. But we did nothing. We did nothing. Because Cuba isn't a cash cow for the military-industrial complex. I am just being honest. Just being honest. Here's uh, more from uh, Donald Trump with what he wants to do when he's the president again to the Pentagon. Here in America, we need to get rid of the corrupt globalist establishment that has botched every major foreign policy decision for decades. And that includes President Biden, whose own people said he's never made a good decision when it comes to looking at other countries and looking at wars, 
We have to replace them with people who support American interests. Over our four years in the White House, we made incredible progress yep. in putting the America last contingent aside and bringing the world to peace. And now we're going to complete the mission. The State Department, Pentagon, and National Security... I'm not hearing Nikki Haley saying anything about this stuff. ...security establishment will be a very different place by the end of my administration. In fact, just into my administration, it'll be a very different place. Yes. And it'll get things done, just like I did four years ago. Yeah, and by the way, Nikki Haley's a big Ukraine war supporter. Uh, one more soundbite from uh, President Trump. Take a look at the globalist warmonger donors backing our opponents. That's because they're candidates of war. I am the president who delivers peace, and it's peace through strength. There was a reason we had no conflict. There was a reason we didn't get into wars, because other countries respected us. I entirely built all right. And many were afraid of us. Our enemies were afraid of us. Right from the beginning, rebuilt our military. It's a big reason for that. They didn't want to mess around with the United States, and now they're laughing at us. We could end the Ukraine. And oh, now our soldiers are going to food pantries. Yeah. See what happened there? See what happened there? Ridiculous. Let's go to Alex in Baltimore. He's been holding for a while. Alex, welcome to the show, my friend. What's up? Hey, good show today. You only have three hours to get all this stuff in today. I know, bro. I'm, I'm hustling. Go ahead, man. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm calling about is that you were, you were questioning about the FEMA response. I just want to say that, you know, when there's this natural disaster over in Turkey and Syria, which, by the way, is a puppet of Putin, we can't get aid fast enough to them. Yeah. But yet, when something happens here in the United States, we're claiming it's not even our problem. And, and I think if you look at 9-11, for example, only one country in the whole world gave us money. Do you know who it was? Um, I, I'm not sure. I don't. I probably do, but remind me. Japan. And uh -huh. they gave us $10 million. That's like going to the petty cash drawer. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> so every time there's a disaster. But I want you to look at the facts with this one in Ohio is that that's a Republican governor. And a Republican district that voted 75% for Trump. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, so, it's very it's very clear to me. And, and I got to tell you, of all the times you can pass the buck, and this, uh, this administration has a habit of passing the buck on everything. But when a mushroom cloud that I literally, I thought it was Photoshopped, I, that there's no way this actually happened in the United States. And then I was corrected and realized the severity of this. And for Pete, Pete Buttigieg's reaction to not even mention it, two weeks after it, only talk about having too many white construction workers on construction projects, I realized what a, what a Charlie Foxtrot this administration is uh, and, and and what a disservice it's doing to our people. And Ohio is a swing state. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know why they're messing with Ohio like this, but well, um, it, it's disgusting what they do in, for political reasons. Yeah, buddy. I, I appreciate you. I know it's ridiculous. I appreciate your phone call. Uh, it is, it, it, like I said, and, I, and by the way, I said Constitution Hall. I meant in, Independence Hall. Joe Biden did a speech where he called half of the country MAGA fascists and enemies of democracy. He did. Guys, do you realize how profound it is for the, the leader of the country to literally say that half of the country are enemies of democracy? That is really, really, I, I can't uh, tell you how big that is. It's, it's, it's very, very Stalinistic. It is very, very Maoist. And uh, you combine this with all of the other ways that we've been weakened 
and you and they all lead they all these roads lead to uh, China really and it started with covid and them wrecking our economy taking away all of our freedoms and now the president of the united states is t- saying that he wants the who to take over um, emergency response when it comes to pandemics even though they haven't even admitted that china made the damn virus with our money and then perpetrated all of this nonsense on you and me and took away all of our freedoms guaranteed by the Constitution, particularly uh, assembly and speech. Dear God. So, you know, I, 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 like I said, 2023 is going to be the year of an American revolution. You're witnessing it now because it has to be, because it has to be. So last night, Vivek Ramaswamy, maybe you don't know him, uh, I've learned about him the last year or two, and I've watched him as a pundit, as an author, as a business owner, and he's an impressive individual, very impressive individual. He's running for president. Uh, you know, who knows at this point early in the game whether it is a uh, realistic goal, you know, but he's a dreamer, and he's uh, he not a dreamer like sneaked across the border, but he, is, uh, uh, he believes in the American dream. I'm going to compare and contrast this man, who technically is a uh, man of color, Versus Rhino, Nikki Haley, who wears her uh, race and ethnicity on her sleeve for votes. That's coming up. Here's the number, 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. If the mainstream media, big social media, and the Democrat Party say you spread disinformation, it means you know the truth. The important is you said the truth. It's The Rob Carson Show. Ted Nugent joins us at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about uh, gun control, trans nonsense, COVID, COVID, and the American response to COVID, and a great new single, Come and Get It, Come and Take It, (laughs) Come and Take It, which I assume has something to do with, I don't know, maybe uh, the government trying to confiscate weapons. But we'll get to him at the uh, bottom of the hour. And I've got some uh, things that I've been waiting a long time to ask him that no one else has ever uh, broached. I'll just tell you. Yeah, seriously. So uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is an Indian-American entrepreneur, author, and conservative political activist. He founded uh, the biopharmaceutical company Royvant Sciences 2014. He's been writing and speaking out against uh, stakeholder capitalism, big tech censorship, critical race theory. He's from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, where he used to live. Great, great, great town. And he wrote a book called uh, Woke Incorporated Inside Corporate America's Social Justice Scam, among other things. He's an impressive individual. And last night he uh, said that he was going to run for president of the United States. Here is a little bit of his ad we're in the middle of a national identity crisis faith patriotism and hard work have disappeared only to be replaced by new secular religions like covidism climatism and gender ideology we hunger to be part of something bigger than ourselves yet we cannot even answer the question of what it means to be an american now we're 21 seconds in and he hasn't mentioned his race or ethnicity that's weird today the woke left Praise on that vacuum. They tell you that your race, your gender, and your sexual orientation... Well, that would explain why. ...govern who you are, what you can achieve, and what you're allowed to think. This is psychological slavery, and that has created a new culture of fear in our country that has completely replaced our culture of free speech in America. Wow. And that is why today I am announcing my run for President of the United States. 
This isn't just a political campaign. This is a cultural movement to create a new American dream. Sounds like, uh, I don't know, maybe a new American revolution. For the next generation. To me, the American dream means you believe in merit. That you get ahead in this country, not on the color of your skin, but on the content of your character and your contributions. It means you believe the people who we elect to run the government are the ones who actually run the government. Not a federal bureaucracy that grows like a national cancer Swap. that is now metastasizing to the private sector. All right, I can't play the whole thing, but uh, he's just an impressive man. Uh, am I endorsing him for president? No, because, uh, you know, right now Donald Trump is my guy. And, and the reason being is because he has unfinished business in Washington, D.C., and everybody knows it. And the left is terrified of him becoming president again for all of the reasons uh, that I have mentioned on this broadcast, for all of the abuses and usurpations that they perpetrated on us. And a good many of us, in, including those who are uh, willing to now say it on the air, although I've been able to say it and I have said it since, I don't know, uh, Election Day 2020, that the uh, election of 2020 was a fraud. We know that the FBI was involved in it, shutting down Hunter Biden's laptop. That was just scratching the surface. We know the FBI was involved in the 2016 election to try to throw the election to Hillary Clinton. Didn't work. So they doubled down and moved the FBI into Twitter, Facebook, social media, Instagram, mainstream media, and the whole deal to tear down Donald Trump and, uh, you know, basically say that the election was fine. So, uh, yeah, I think Donald Trump has some unfinished business. Do I think this guy would be a great VP? Oh, hell yeah. Do I think he'd make a great presidential candidate in 2028? Sure. 2032? Yeah. 2026? 30? Go on. He's only 37 years old. But compare and contrast this to another Indian American, Nikki Haley. The railroad tracks divided the town by race. I was the proud daughter of Indian immigrants. Not black, not white. I was different. That sounds a whole lot like identity politics. But my mom would always say your job is not to focus on the differences, but the similarities. And my parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were to live in America. Some look at our past as evidence that America's founding principles are bad. They say the promise of... Everything about her says she's a rhino. Uh, Charlie Hurt wrote a great piece in the Washington Times, uh, and uh, he said that uh, she's joined the 2024 presidential race as the latest I'm not Donald Trump candidate. The headline on this story from the Washington Times with Charlie Hurt is called Beware Nikki Haley, Grade A Bureaucrat in Oedipal Primary. Um, which is interesting because the only reason uh, anybody outside of uh, the Palmetto State has ever heard of Mrs. Haley is because Mr. Trump hired her to be his ambassador to the U.N. It's an awkward dance with a porcupine, especially if it was the porcupine who brung you to the dance in the first place. This is a really just a brilliantly written column by one of my favorites, Charlie Hurt. Love me some Charlie Hurt. Uh, anyway, he said, uh, part of what will make the fast-approaching Oedipal primary season, they're going after one of the parents, you see, so damned entertaining, and Donald Trump is the parent of the movement, is the relative humorlessness of people like Mr. DeSantis of Mrs. Haley, each of which would certainly be a vast improvement over the current occupant of the White House mausoleum, but neither of them is terribly funny. And never forget the misfortune that befalls anyone who tries to be funnier than Donald Trump. Just ask Margot Rubio and his medium-sized hands. It's like trying to out-funny Don Rinkles at Rickles at a celebrity roasting. Not going to happen. You will lose unless, of course, you carry the magic that will kill the king. And I'm thinking Mr. Trump's former U.N. ambassador isn't carrying that kind of magic. 
Sure, Mrs. Haley is in her prime, but what is she running for? What does she offer other than not being Donald Trump? It's like a baby lion in the reeds proudly squeaking out baby roars that chase off the pack of hyenas, oblivious to his giant fearsome mother quietly crouched behind him. This is this is so good. This is so good. Uh, and uh, and consequently, this, I think, should uh, disqualify uh, Nikki Haley as a uh, old-school country club establishment Republican. That's it. It's not about age. It is about a new generation of politicians. And even though Donald Trump is 76, he's that generation. It's a thought generation. It's different than the old fogies in Washington, D.C., even the young fogies. Ted Nugent, next. Don't go anywhere. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. To all the American haters and anthem kneelers. I think it's misguided to protest the anthem and the flag. Yeah, we're done with you. It's the Rob Carson Show. Come and take it. Come and take it. Come and take it. Oh, hell yeah. Come and take it. That is brand new from the Motor City Madman. Ted Nugent, who joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Hello, Mr. Nugent. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Rob. I continue to celebrate truth, logic, and common sense. And by all counts, you deserve me, sir. Well, I'm going to tell you, I don't think I'm worthy, but I'm going to do my level best. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Um, I, I have been waiting to talk to you for a long time, Ted, because I've, I've followed you uh, as a conservationist, as a conservative, as a supporter of the First Amendment and constitutionality uh, through the suf- uh, suffering, the slings and arrows of, uh, of the left. And you and you always you always uh, emerge uh, stronger. This new uh, song you have come and taken. I was looking at the lyrics and you have uh, Concord Bridge in there. You have. Don't tread on me in there, uh, and and I would assume that a lot of young people have no idea what you're talking about, particularly when it comes to Concord Bridge. Uh, talk to me about your new single, and let's move into your defense of the the Second Amendment and uh, and where we're headed in this country. Well, the beauty of it, Rob, is I'm an old guy. I'm 74 years old, but I've been clean and sober for 74 years old, so my middle finger still works really efficiently. <laughs> and nothing, nothing the youth of America instinctively understands better than defiance and uh, critical thinking and suspicion of all authority, even though it's been quelled and destroyed by the propaganda ministry and certainly academia and Hollywood and big tech and all the dirtbags out there, but when they witness Uncle Ted spitting fire of truth, life, yeah. and common sense, young people really respond. If you could hang out with me any given day, anywhere in the world, young people come up to me and the love, the support, yeah. the celebration of my defiance against tyranny and against oppression and the oath-violating punks that infest our government right now, I'm telling you, you follow me and my vapor trail of such positive energy and positive yeah. spirit, 
You and bet. especially young people. Of course, next to me at 74, almost everybody qualifies as young. <laughs> but, but, but they understand it. Yes, they were indoctrinated by the propaganda academia. But I didn't go to college, Rob. I was too busy learning stuff. And the stuff I yeah. learned is so self-evident. The, yeah. the truth, the logic, the common sense. And the lyrics in that song is what I've been railing, raising hell about on stage forever, even though, obviously, I perfected the love song genre, Wang Dang, Sweet yes. Kung Tang, never yes. giving the credit it deserves. Uh, the point is, is that the piss and vinegar, the energy, um, my standing up for individual thought, um, especially my defiance against the, the, the political correctness of animal rights and anti-hunt yeah. and anti-gun insanity, Young people have really responded. I've had a Ted Nugent Camp for Kids charity for 33 years, and we sell out every year in four states because moms and dads who were raised on my music, in fact, some of the families bring their children, they were the original children at my Ted Nugent Camp for Kids. So there is not a timeline, there is not an age, there is not a demographic, there's not a color, there's not a race, there's not an ethnicity. Truth, logic, and common sense is readily embraced, even if you've spent your life in the tsunami of lies and dishonesty by the powers that be. So, I, you know, I can hardly fit my halo through the door. <laughs> I'm like Mother Teresa with yeah. a block. Yeah, well, people would like it. Yeah, Ted, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, and I grew up listening to Z92, the home of rock and roll. And Omaha, Nebraska is a massive fan base of yours. I, I, I'm sure you know where your fan bases are, but I remember listening to your music and loving your music and you coming to Omaha uh, and swinging across the stage wearing a friggin' loincloth. And I went, that, that takes some serious balls. So I've had a, a love affair with your music forever, my friend, and, and you're, you're still cranking it out. I want to bring something up. I've been dying to ask you, I mean, for years. I saw a remarkable piece of television that you did a few years ago with a man who is no longer with us, and his name was Anthony Bourdain. And you invited this left-leaning uh, New York lib to come out and hang out with you. And I got to tell you, that freaking that was one of the best pieces of television. I really thought you opened up. I really thought you, you, you changed it because he had his guard up so hard against you, and he ha- you had him out to your place. Can you, can you just talk to me quickly about that appearance on Anthony Bourdain's show? Well, your comments and your referencing to that moment is, once again, I hear it all the time. Because, yeah, he was ultra-left. He was kind of a doper. Um, he came from a, a, an ultra-liberal slash communist you know, zone. Yeah. And he saw that I was at least interesting. <laughs> yeah. At least my, my middle finger on fire, my A-10 warthog of individualism. Um, he thought, well, I don't agree with everything, but this guy's interesting. Yeah. yeah, and and here's here's where it it, it it ends. Truth, logic, and common sense. If you come in with an open mind and a positive attitude and respect yes. for other people's positions, yes, Anthony and I became friends. Wow. Um, he just happened to show up on a day that I do what the Newton family does throughout the year. We're we are hosting a, a U.S. military veteran barbecue and shoot fest and fishing orgy. It's <laughs> just a great outdoor spirit of the wild experience. Yeah. And Anthony fit right in, man. Yeah. I mean, he knows that the ultimate foundation of the greatest diet and meal in the world starts with wild game. Everybody yes, knows that, unless, yes, once sir. again, you're a Timothy, 
Timothy Leary, Michael Moore fan club guy. Um, and, and we became friends and we communicated right up to a few days before he died. Wow. Because I, I cherish my, my palate. I, I, currently, as I'm speaking yeah, with you, Rob, I have an erect palate because I had venison for breakfast. <laughs> and, and, and Anthony liked, you know, who doesn't like real cockiness? Who doesn't like yes. comedy? Who doesn't like humor? Who doesn't like irreverence? Who yes. doesn't like independence? And that, that really describes Anthony Bourdain and Ted yep. Nugent and a bunch of lefties and a bunch of righties. It really is a universal language of individualism and independence. And uh, I think you hit it right on the head, which many, many people have done. You go to my website and my Facebook and my, my social media stuff, and I hear that all the time, that music, number one, is the universal communication. And, yeah. I mean, I... I a militant, clean and sober, but Keith Richards is my hero. <laughs> yeah. 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 Stop and figure. So again, real honest tolerance, real honest support for individual thought and ideology is alive and well. But if you if you're if you're under the uh, blanket of the ultra liberal mouthpieces out there, which are just ubiquitous, um, you wouldn't know that. Ted Nugent gets along with Keith Richards. I spent the weekend with Keith Richards at Studio wow. 54, Rob. You want to hear some adventure? Uh, so, yeah, we got along great, and that's a perfect example. Yeah, yeah. Kind and thoughtful and considerate, um, you'll get along just fine. Yeah, you know, and they've tried, Ted, and, and you uh, have a, uh, a glorious platform because you don't give a damn. You've got, uh, you you know, you've established yourself before all of this woke nonsense, this disinformation, misinformation, which was created by Joseph Stalin in 1923, and they tried to perpetrate that crap on us. Uh, do you think, and, and I like to think that 2023 is the year of a new American revolution because it has to be, do you suppose with, uh, with uh, the Republican in charge of the House and uh, and uh, Twitter uh, being owned by Elon Musk, we're beginning to turn the corner on truth. That uh, that we're we're maybe we we're turning away from the the direction we were headed toward. Uh, you know, the former Soviet Union. Yeah, unfortunately, we're already there. But the answer, yeah, I know. Is yes, yeah. I, I, yeah. I see. I see a return to God, family, country, yes, sir. patriotism, Constitution, Bill of Rights, Ten Commandments, Golden Rule, Law and Order, and you know, all that really radical stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I have a, a weekly event in my life, whether I'm in my swamps of Michigan or here in the Cactus of Texas, where we call home. And I call it the Ted Nugent Shit Kicker Brunch. And it's guys from every walk of life, guys and gals, ranchers, farmers, cops, teachers, hardware store operators, oil barons, energy czars, bankers, uh, uh, guitar players, uh, welders, um, gunsmiths, all the important people. And we get together at a diner or a cafe or a family restaurant of our choice, and we've been doing this for years, Rob, and I would I love encourage it. everybody listening to get back to the pot belly stove and the yeah. Cracker Barrel at the dry goods store that was the foundation of we the people demanding accountability from our elected employees. And yeah. we talk about issues that dictate and determine quality of life. And again, God, family, country, constitution, bill of rights, goodwill, decency, work ethic, law and order. Good rewarded, bad punished. Jeez, the guitar player figured it out. <laughs> if, if, we, if we start pushing those buttons harder and, and yeah. don't let up, and we make sure our senator, our congressman, our mayor, our, our school board, hello, yeah. um, our governor, our, our elected employees, if they hear from a number of we the people, and that's what we do around these shit kicker brunches, 
we have different meals and we talk about important issues and we talk about silly stuff and we talk about the most important thing in the world guitar tone but we talk about you know accountability uh make sure bad guys stay in the cage we don't want repeat offenders we want dead offenders yeah. We don't want another person raped by the same guy that keeps raping people because the, the parole board and the judge and the jury, not the jury, actually, the judge and the, the prosecutor keep letting these monsters out. And so we've established a, a, a conservative mecca in McLennan County, Texas, outside of Waco, all around Waco here, where we live with Sheriff Parnell McNamara and a prosecutor that will prosecute and a, and a judge that will keep bad people out of the mall from our children. And if the guitar player can do it, Rob, nobody has an excuse not to. Uh, let me ask you this, and, and this is something I've been saying. Um, first of all, I, I don't I cast off the word disinformation. Everybody's a right to their opinion. We've been told for the last couple of years we couldn't have an opinion. We could not have an opinion on COVID. We could not have an opinion on the vaccine. Are you out of your nut? That And I have never stopped. I have never stopped saying that 2020 was stolen. I have never. Everybody else has been scared off of it. I have not. I I. From day one with regard to COVID, I said it was being overplayed. It was purely political. 2020 happened because it was 2020. I said all of this. You've known this as well. Uh, now that we look back on all of this nonsense, uh, how do you suppose we should move forward? Because I think uh, we need to investigate. I think there needs to be another set of Nuremberg trials, particularly with uh, all of the things that were done to our children and our lives and our freedoms with regard to COVID. What are your thoughts on that, Ted Nugent? Well, I have conclusions, and I tell you the facts of life. It's not a uh, vaccine. It's an experimental shot, and they're using innocent American citizens as guinea pigs. Case closed. Uh, it's a weaponized virus by the communist Chinese as supported by Barack Obama, Nancy Pelosi, and punk-ass Fauci. Those are the facts that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were proven uh, 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 treatments yep. and that the big pharma monsters, these greedy devils in big pharma and FDA and USDA and EPA and CDC and WHO, all those people are the enemies of humankind. Somebody write that down, wad it up, and have Mike Tyson shove it up somebody's ass with a hickory pool cue. That's the <laughs> truth. It's irrefutable. Maybe somebody out there would like to debate the guitar player. I dare you. I dare you to debate the guitar player. And I only wrote Wango Tango, Rob. I meant it. The point is, is that I have got all the evidence on my side because you don't claim you're investigating a bank robbery if you don't allow the security camera footage to be reviewed. Yes. January 6th, liars. Yes. Now, Ted Nugent, can we can we take a break? I got to take a break. Can you will you do another short segment with me after this? Because I have a couple questions yeah, I want to ask. Stop me. Brother, I appreciate it. All right. More with Ted Nugent in a moment. You're listening to the Rob Carson show. The left has been trying to get you to hate America for 50 years. And we're fighting it and we're fighting it hard. Guess what? It ain't working. It's the Rob Carson show. Ted Nugent on the Rob Carson Show on the Newsmax Hotline. I have to ask you this because my producer Ken and I had a debate, uh, and, and I'm sure you've covered this before in a myriad of ways, Ted, but uh, what is cat scratch fever about officially? Well, I, at the time I didn't know there was such a thing, but my wife at the time had bought this old medical book from some, uh, some, <laughs> uh, some yard sale, I think it was, and I'd give this big hard-covered giant book, 
And I just opened it up, and of course, I write music. I unleash the licks and grooves. I'm like a Motown funk brother with a machine gun. And, and I opened the book up, and at the top of the page said Cat Scratch Fever. I'd never heard it before. And I just went about my business. I went out, and I probably cleaned the gun and shot a squirrel. And then I got on stage that night, and I was playing. And Honky Tonk is always the foundation of the best songs in the world. Well, that happens the guy, gang, guy, guy, when you play big and flat like a Detroit guitar player. And I remembered the the phrase, cat scratch fever. And of course, then I just went on a tirade of uh, doing a a parallel between maybe a real disease and the one that I preferred. So now cat scratch fever is a a disease. Yep. And I've heard from everybody who's at it. Dude, so this is a it's a it's a sexually transmitted disease. Is no, I don't it, think it's a cat it's a cat transmitter. Yeah, yeah, you oh. get it from cats when you get Oh, oh well then Okay. So it's not I thought it was a my, my my producer thought it was some sort of a venereal disease. So it's just a disease you can get from a cat. I like your producer, by the way. Good thing. <laughs> you know what I thought it was, Ted? We you know listen, I've I've got the it's album not, it's nothing to do with sex until Dude. I until I identified it thusly <laughs> but see i thought it was about i thought it was about wild sex with a woman it should be what well, is in the, my world i hope it is in your <laughs> I, I thought it was like the scratches on the back like uh alanis morissette talked about you know it, it, i i do a lot of hunting and trapping we catch a lot of bobcats <laughs> and killed mountain lions and, yes. and all kinds of wonderful wildlife uh, renewable yeah. resources because i'm a conservationist and there is a known bacteria in the claws of predators. And if you get okay. scratched by it, of course, even domestic okay. cats have that stuff. So you have to be kind of careful. But I've actually heard from thousands of people around the world that actually <laughs> had cat scratch fever. <laughs> this is insane. All right. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, the weapon, the, 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 uh, the phrase used by uh, Democrats to get rid of guns, and the reason being is they want to disarm us, obviously. Uh, they say they're weapons of war. We're not meant to be, have weapons of war. I have said, well, of course we were meant to have weapons of war. That's what the Second Amendment is about. We just got done with a revolution where an armed citizenry took on the kingdom, the most powerful kingdom in the world, overthrew it, and then suddenly, after they're writing their founding documents, after their Declaration of Independence, they're going to put the Second amendment uh, in there for shooting turkeys and squirrels and target practice are, are you out of your mind of course it means that average people should have weapons of war your response rob have i mentioned lately how much i love you did well, you, i love you too bro can you feel the love <laughs> i mean yes. you just reek of truth logic and common sense let me guess you've studied history to some degree i know <laughs> it's nuts right and you know the crazy well, thing i also have life experience and i've got knowledge and i've got freaking common sense like you sir well, and it's alive and well out here. I talked about my uh, my my weekly brunch with real hardworking Americans, yeah. working hard, playing hard people in the asset column who put their heart and soul into being the best that they can be because that's still legal in good families' lives. Um, you you represent that truth, logic, and common sense. Unarmed and helpless happens to be unarmed and helpless. And since we're yeah. living in a horror story of engineered recidivism, write it down and use it often, Rob. Engineered recidivism our failed justice system our failed court system has guaranteed that our families will shop with monsters they keep letting monsters out and monsters will repeat their violent crimes and we have to put an end to that but gun control is one and one thing only never cover anything you're not willing to destroy with the muzzle that's the only gun law yep. in the Nugent family and all conscientious law-abiding families of America. Ted so Nugent, we will not give up our guns. I like my guns. 
God bless you, brother. We've got to go. Uh, the new single is called Come and Take It. Are you going to be touring anytime soon? Because, man, if you come to Kansas City, I am so there. You know, I I got the best band in the world, Jason Hartless on drums, Greg Smith on bass guitar. I have a Ted Nugent Real America voice, Spirit Campfire. My wife does, too. We're busy, but this summer we're going to unleash the Dude, Motown Rhythm and Blues Outrage. I promise. I'm there. I'm there, bro. Uh, it has been a blessing and a, and a, just a, a, an honor to have you on, my friend. I've been a big fan for a very long time growing up in Omaha, Nebraska. God bless you, and I hope you'll come back on the show sometime soon. Rob, thank you, man. Godspeed. Happy summertime almost. All right, buddy. Take care. Ted Nugent, let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's The Rob Carson Show. That's the final hour of The Rob Carson Show. Joining us at the bottom of the hour... We have a special, special guest. It's going to be awesome. John Fredericks, he is the Godzilla of talk radio. That's what he likes to call himself. I, uh, I am the Mothra of, of uh, political satire. So there's that. But anyway, we're going to talk to him. He's, uh, he's in uh, Pennsylvania uh, and also in, uh, in East Palestine, Ohio. And he's going to give us a live update on the scene there. He's working with uh, Doug Mastriano, who should be the governor of Pennsylvania. Because the uh, governor of uh, Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, is a joke. And you're going to know this more and more as his tenure continues. So that will be at the bottom of the hour. I want to uh, mention, I, I had mentioned earlier we got uh, interrupted at an interview, uh, this uh, the, uh, person who was in charge of this grand jury in Georgia going after Donald Trump for supposedly trying to overturn the 2020 election, which is a joke has uh, decided to go on a media tour and maybe has really just screwed up, just completely screwed up the case. Her name is Emily Coors, or Coors, whatever the hell it is. And she's 30 years old, and she uh, has uh, deleted all of her social media accounts. She had a Pinterest account where she claims she's a Wiccan, and uh, and she's insane. And, and she's not a serious human being. She's not a serious adult in any way, shape, or form. And, uh, and yesterday, well, she said this about the possibility of swearing Trump in. You know what I mean? At some point, you kind of start to get the gist. All right, let me start that again. Uh, she basically found joy in having Donald Trump in front of a jury. You could tell she was giddy at the prospect. She wears her politics on her sleeve. And because she is allowed to do this media tour, she may have uh, really screwed the pooch. Did you personally want to hear from the former president? I wanted to hear from the former president. But honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds. Yeah, this isn't uh, take your daughter to work day, by the way, where daddy lets you sit at the desk. With President Trump, of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in. Yeah, anytime you hear the word like uh, in every other sentence, then you, you immediately the red flag goes up on the intelligence thing. Or, the, you know, just young people do it, too. I mean, just, it's, a, it's a verbal crutch. I have a few of them, I'm sure. I'd probably say, uh, too much, you know, whatever. I know. I'm, I, every time I hear my show and I listen to it back, I go, oh, God. All right, okay. But anyway, I try to keep a lid on it when I can. Uh, this is uh, last night. Uh, Alina Haba, who is a uh, lawyer for Donald Trump, talking with uh, Carl Higby on Newsmax. You'll start with a little uh, montage of this uh, insane jurist, Emily Coors, and uh, then Alina Haba. There's about six pages in the middle that got cut out. Oh, my God. Allow for spacing, it's not a short list. 
Not a short list. <laughs> yeah, these are all the people that uh, she wants with the grand jury to indict who are associated with Donald Trump. So we're talking about I more. I to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? Thank you. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I've been imitating her all day. That's Elena Hubba right there. I, I honestly was talking to some attorneys on unrelated kids. I just couldn't stop imitating this woman. She's literally going there. Go, I don't know. We'll see. This is not a joke. <laughs> this is an indictment. Your intentions were made clear. Thank yep. you for going on national television, yes. for breaking any confidentiality yes. or impartiality that you're supposed to hold as a grand juror, let alone the forewoman of the grand jury. Yeah. I, Carl, you can't make it up. Or the four they. Right, isn't it? Is it for a day? Is that okay? Okay, all right, whatever. I mean, uh, CNN and MSNBC and all the left-wing media for putting this on, thank you. Anderson Cooper, who you're showing, he actually agreed with, with Team Trump. He said, this is absurd. We've never seen anything like this. Yeah. I don't know what this woman was thinking, um, but it, it's out of control. And yeah, this is the, the cavalcade of uh, the exposure of left insanity that I mentioned earlier in the show that I have been uh, uh, exemplifying today on the show, sharing you examples of all of this. And here is uh, Anderson Cooper. He was he was verklempt about her uh, ruining the chances of finally putting the final nail in Donald Trump's hopes of ever being the president again. In the last hour, the four-person for that special grand jury in Georgia investigating the former president. She's a four-person. Allies attempts to overturn the 2020 election spoke to. Maybe she should be a five-person because you're being numberistic there. Amen. First of all, why this person is talking on TV, I do not understand. She's clearly enjoying herself. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, is this responsible? She was the four-person of this grand jury. This is a horrible idea, and I guarantee you that prosecutors are wincing watching her go on this. I was wincing just <laughs> watching her eagerness yes. to, like, you know, hint at stuff. It's painful in that respect. This is a very serious prospect here. We're talking about indicting any person. You're talking about potentially taking away that person's liberty. We're or, or the possibility they could run for president again. Oh, sorry, did I say that out loud? Talking about potentially a former president for the first time in this nation's history, she does not seem to be taking that very right. seriously. There's no reason for her to be out talking. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a, right, it's okay. a prosecutor's nightmare. She, okay. Okay. Yes, and I love it. Mark my words, Donald Trump's team is going to make a motion if yeah, there's an indictment are. to dismiss that indictment based on grand jury impropriety. She's not supposed to be talking about anything, really, but she's really not supposed to be talking about the deliberations. She's talking about what specific witnesses they saw, what the grand jury thought of them. Yeah. She says some of them we found credible, some of them we found funny. I don't know why that's relevant, but she's been saying we found this guy funny. Or oh, my God, it was so funny. The joke that he said about hanging Donald Trump was so funny. Interesting. I think she's potentially crossing a line here. It's going to be a real problem for prosecutors. Mr. Meadows didn't share very much at all was not very willing to speak on much of anything. He asserted his rights um, under the Fifth Amendment and under uh, executive privilege, which he absolutely had the right to do. She's, um, if you ever see, like, uh, really insane leftists on campus, she has that same demure about her, this... Even demure, she has this uh, air about her, this this arrogance, this ignorance, this crazy smile at inappropriate times. Uh, she's either brainwashed or main literally just been driven insane. So hopefully that uh, will result in <clears throat> this uh, attempt uh, and yet another attempt to prevent Donald Trump from winning the White House in 2024, which uh, I believe he will do. 
Um, by the way, this is uh, this is from the UK Daily Mail. IRS developing new Biden-backed algorithm that will see more white and Asians uh, targeted for tax audits. That's so racist. No, it's not. I'm just reading it. I'm not. I'm just reading it. America First Legal Foundation filed a Freedom of Information Act from the Internal Treasury Department Communications. Uh, it claims an executive order signed by President Biden last week encourages the IRS to alter its algorithms to audit more white and Asian taxpayers. Algorithm the IRS uses found to uh, target black households and businesses more than non-black households and businesses. And so that's what they're doing to, uh, I guess, fix history. All right. The executive order on further advancing racial equity and support for underserved communities through the federal government does not specifically mention audits. It directs federal agencies, including the IRS, to find ways to make their practices more equitable to underserved communities. And this was exemplified by Pete Buttigieg's comment about how uh, underserved community, you know, largely black or Hispanic community, if an infrastructure project is built, the biggest thing they need to worry about is whether there are enough uh, people on the construction crew that reflect the color of the community. And this is going to happen throughout government. This is the equity movement. It's not the equality movement. It's the equity movement. All right? Now, for instance, they are uh, uh, doing this in the medical field. Um, And, for instance, the University of Pennsylvania Perlman School of Medicine is forcing forcing all teaching applicants to write a diversity diversity statement showing their devotion to political ideology. This is happening at medical schools. This is happening at teacher schools everywhere. And this is, uh, honestly, what is equity? Equity is communism. Equity ensures equal outcome no matter what the effort. Equity failed in America. They tried that in Jamestown. They thought that they could all uh, raise crops together and collectively deposit all of the uh, the wonderful uh, earnings and all of the uh, the bounty of the community, and there were people who did not do that. And and uh, you know it, it was a perfect microcosm of how it fails because there are those of us who bust their asses to be the very best, and then there are those who just hang along for the ride. And this is what this is all about. And it's not targeting people of color. It is saying that all people, regardless of color or whatever, uh, are, uh, deserve equity of outcome. And that's not the case. Some people are great. Some people suck. That's just the way it is. They're, they tried this in Virginia in schools, uh, Loudoun County, Virginia, getting rid of honors classes. You know, and, and I think they ought to replace the bumper sticker with, uh, instead of my kids in honors shoot at whatever, it should say, I'm sorry your kid sucks at school, but my kid's an honor student. It's just the way it is. You know, I, I got to tell you, whenever I see somebody who's great, I want to be that great. I don't care if they're black, white, or otherwise. When I was growing up, I mean, my heroes were uh, Bill, Bill Cosby and Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor and George Carlin, and I could go on and on. You know, and, and I didn't think of color. I, I just thought of excellence. I thought of excellence. And that's what this is literally <clears throat> codifying racism. It is codifying that uh, they have to have people of certain representation in all fields, including uh, pilots and uh, uh, construction and uh, surgeons and whatnot. And honestly, there's a reason why those fields have attracted who they attract. It's because they've attracted people who want to do those fields. And they attract people who have an acumen toward doing those fields. And from those, they've been able to select the best of the best to get where they are. This 
is the opposite of it. This is an insult. When you hear the word equity, realize what it is. It is basically saying no matter how much effort you put in, somebody else, because they are, regardless of effort or regardless of desire, they deserve the same outcome you do. It has nothing to do with race at all, but it has been codified, and it must be turned around. All right, let's take a break and come back. I've got a terrific piece from Newsweek, a Newsweek writer saying that the scientific community was completely wrong about COVID front to back, which oddly enough, I said in the first month of COVID. That's coming up. This is the Rob Carson Show. Bulldoze the swamp, pave it over, and start again. It's the Rob Carson Show. By the way, this uh, chat GPT, don't do this. You're out of your mind if you do. Uh, following numerous stories exposing the political bias of chat GPT, it seems like the Microsoft-backed machine learning wunderkind created by AI has been adjusted to more receptive to conservative viewpoints, but the program's response to uh, prompts still heavily favor the left. Uh, this is uh, really scary stuff that's uh, suddenly <clears throat> kind of entered the uh, the conversation. Uh, Microsoft's new Bing AI chatbot is uh, providing inaccurate and sometimes aggressive responses to people, and they are frequently very left of center. Created by little uh, fops in uh, Silicon Valley, they've adjusted it ever so slightly, but it sounds like this could be the same sort of AI technology that the federal government wants to use uh, with regard to the IRS and whatnot. So um, this is the brave new world we've been warned about. This is, uh, this is Hal from uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. I, and I, I wish I were kidding. I wish I were kidding. I, uh, I'm going to do more research on this. I'm a science geek. But they talked about the possibility of uh, an AI developing what is called uh, infinite knowledge, meaning uh, a continuous circle of knowledge that grows exponentially. Yeah, chop on that a little while, kids. It's, it's a little, uh, you know, maybe I watch too much Nova. But anyway... <laughs> No, but I am a, I am a, a total science geek, total science geek. <clears throat> Time for the science uh, community to admit we were wrong about COVID. It costs lives. Kevin Bass. Uh, as a medical student researcher, staunchly supported the efforts of the public health authorities when it came to COVID-19. I believe that the authorities responded to the largest public health crisis of our lives with compassion, diligence, and scientific expertise. I was with them when they called for lockdowns, vaccines, and boosters. I was strong. We in the scientific community were wrong. Wrong. I said strong. It was wrong. And it cost lives. I can see now that the scientific community from the CDC, the WHO, and the FDA and the representatives repeatedly overstated the evidence and misled the public about its own views and policies, including on natural immunity, which we just found out is more powerful than a vaccine. Read the Lancet 65 country study came out this week. Uh, school closures, disease transmission, aerosol spread, mask mandates, and vaccine effectiveness and safety among all of the things that were wrong. All of these were scientific mistakes at the time, not in hindsight. Amazingly, some of these obfuscations continue to be present today. But perhaps more important, this is in Newsweek. 
But perhaps more important than any individual error was how inherently flawed the overall approach to the scientific community was and continues to be. It was flawed in a way that undermined its efficacy and resulted in thousands, if not millions, of preventable deaths. Nuremberg II. Our preferences in the scientific community, very different from many of the people we serve. We created policy based on our preferences, then justified it using data, and then we portrayed those opposing our efforts as misguided, ignorant, selfish, and evil. Dr. Robert Malone, uh, Dr. Marty McCary, Peter McAuliffe. Yeah, we made science a team sport in doing so. We made it no longer science. It became us versus them, and they responded the only way anyone might expect them by resisting. We excluded important parts of the population from policy development and castigated critics, which meant that we employed a monolithic response across an exceptionally diverse nation, forged a society more fractured than ever, and exacerbated long-standing health and economic disparities. Our emotional response and ingrained partisanship prevented us from seeing the full impact of our actions on the people. We were supposed to be serving. We systematically minimized the downsizes or the downsides of the interventions we imposed, imposed without input, consent, and recognition of those forced to live with them. Let me give you an example. This is what uh, major Hollywood celebs said about the vaccine, which now the Lancet reports is not as effective as natural immunity. It's time to start shaming them. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. F*** them, f*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. No, screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. We have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. Shame on you. Yeah, that's what they did to us. Yeah, payback is a you-know-what. In so doing, we violated the autonomy of those who would be most negatively impacted by our choices. The poor, the working class, small business owners, blacks and Latinos, and children. I know this because my children are experiencing the shrapnel of my son missing two years of college, two years of being with his friends, my daughter missing half of her freshman year in high school, all of her sophomore year, and a good share of her junior year. These populations were overlooked because they were made invisible to us by their systematic exclusion from the dominant corporatized media machine, which, by the way, was fed by the CDC and the HHS and the DHS, which created the Department of Disinformation to counter any opposition. Most of us didn't speak up in support of alternative views, hydroxychloroquine, you know, stuff like that. Many of us tried to suppress them, including doctors like Jay Bhattacharya. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Those people sounded the alarm on the behalf of vulnerable communities. They faced severe censure by relentless mobs of critics and detractors in the scientific community, often not on the basis of fact, but solely on the basis of differences in scientific opinion. When former President Donald Trump pointed out the downsides of intervention, he was dismissed publicly as a buffoon. And when Dr. Anthony Fauci opposed Trump and became the hero of the public health community, we gave him our support to do and say what he wanted, even though he was wrong. The rage of those marginalized by the expert class exploded onto and dominated social media, labeling this speech misinformation and blaming it on scientific illiteracy and ignorance. The government conspired with big tech to aggressively suppress it, erasing the valid political concerns of the government's opponents. And this despite the fact that 
pandemic policy was created by a razor-thin sliver of American society who anointed themselves to provide over the working class members of academia, government, medicine, journalism, tech, and public health who are highly educated and privileged. From the comfort of their privilege, these elite... These elites prized paternalism as opposed to average Americans. We believed misinformation energized the ignorant, and we refused to accept that such sim- such people simply had a different valid point of view. Now let's bring on the trials, the convictions, and the sentencing, shall we? This is The Rob Carson Show, back in a few. There's only one Rob Carson on the radio. Oh, thank God. It's the Rob Carson Show. I want to finish this piece on Newsweek uh, from Kevin Bass, uh, M- MSMD, PhD student, and a, and a really bright guy. He said of the scientific community and the government, we crafted a policy for people about COVID without consulting them. If our public health officials had led with less hubris, the course of the pandemic in the United States might have been a ve- had a very different outcome with far fewer loss. Instead, we've witnessed a massive and ongoing loss of life in America due to distrust of vaccines and a health care system, a massive conference concentration of wealth by already wealthy elites, a rise in suicides and gun violence, especially among the poor, and near doubling of the rate of depression and anxiety disorders, especially among the young, a catastrophic loss of educational attainment among already disadvantaged children and among those most vulnerable, a massive loss of trust in healthcare science, scientific authorities, and political leaders more broadly. My motivation for writing this is simple. It's clear to me that for public trust to be restored in science, scientists should publicly discuss what went right and what went wrong during the pandemic and where we could have done better. Kevin Bass is the author of this, and i got to tell you, uh, he hit the nail on the head. But uh, let's go. We have a special guest. Let me get the music turned up here. Hold on. Radio. Mr. John Fredericks joins us on the phone. All right, let's step on the vocals there. Hello, my friend. How are you today? Hey, it's great to be on the Rob Carson Show, Rob. Thanks for having me. You're doing a great job. Hey, you know, we're just buying a bunch of new stations in Pittsburgh. You're going to be there. Love Dude. You, man. You're growing, Dude. baby. Oh, brother. You know what, John, I'm going to tell you, and on a, on a personal note, uh, this means so much uh, to me and to Newsmax and to Chris Ruddy, who created a radio division at Newsmax, recognizing the power of the spoken word. And the great thing about Mr. Chris Ruddy is there, he never said, Rob, you can't talk about this and you can't talk about that. He said, Rob, do what you do. And you did the same thing, bro. And I got to tell you, I know this is growing and I know that that we, uh, we will never fill Rush Limbaugh's shoes, but we definitely walk in his footsteps, my brother. So thank you very much. We're, uh, we're just really happy to have you oh, as buddy. one of our proprietary hosts on our network. And you got a huge following, and we continue to grow. You're growing with us. Thank you, bro. Uh, so, thanks no. for having me on. Hey, where are you this morning? Tell me where you are, because I, I know you kind of hinted at it here. I, I know that you are out covering that uh, spill in East Palestine, the mushroom cloud. You've been working with uh, who should be the governor of Pennsylvania, Mr. Mr. Uh, Doug Mastriano, who's a state senator. What's going on, bro? Where are you? Rob, this has been a very tough day uh, for anybody here. 
We're at, um, we're at the Community College of Beaver County in Manaka, Pennsylvania, 22 miles uh, just south, due west from uh, where the spill was in East Palestine. And this is a hearing. This is really the first public hearing in America on East Palestine. Wow. Doug Mastriano is the chairman of the Veterans Affairs and Emergency Preparedness Committee uh, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So he has the hearing. This is bipartisanship, and he's got a quorum here for his committee, and we're hearing from witnesses. Wow. And um, I got to tell you, I got to I got to tell you, Rob, uh, it, it's been the testimony here has been absolutely riveting. I mean, just let me give you a couple of uh, takes here. First of all, we had Mastriano on. He vowed to get to the bottom of who gave the order, who had the authority to give the order of the train uh, of the controlled burn. Which was not a controlled burn, by the way. Exactly. But who yeah. was, you know, was it Norfolk Southern? Yeah. Was it Shapiro? Was it DeWine? Now they're saying it was the local fire chief. Really? East Palestine is a community of 5,000 people. No way that guy gave that order. So they got to get to the bottom of that. They're trying to get to the bottom of why did Norfolk Southern want to do that. Planes are now rolling over those tracks. That's causing another big issue. But the most riveting thing here, and by the way, they invited the Norfolk Southern executives. They gave them the New Jersey salute. But uh, uh, Dan Cox, who was the chief of staff for Mastriano, ran for governor of Maryland. Cox said, look, uh, subpoenas are next. They don't get it. This isn't Ohio. He said that uh, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania has very powerful subpoena laws for their Senate committee, and if they don't show, they'll get handcuffed. These guys are not playing games. But i got to tell you, it's beyond the getting to the bottom of it. The testimony, Rob, from these witnesses today is the most riveting, heartbreaking thing. What have you heard? My God, I, I choke up saying it. I've been here all day. I started at at ten. I've had it. It started with uh, one person came on, Sarah K- K- Kuntz. Her name is Sarah Kuntz. She lives uh, in uh, it's just about five miles out. She saw the thing when it blew up. She was having she was having uh, she was at a diner with her husband. She has broken out in total rashes, head to foot on her face welts uh she was on my radio show and she said and she said the same thing in the hearing look at me do i look okay to you what do you think person after person rob coming up they're sick migraines upset pets dying uh going to the bathroom in blood children sick can't go to school over and over and over one after the other and then basically we had one witness say, I work two jobs. I work two jobs. I'm a single mom. My kids are sick. I have nowhere to go. I don't have money for a hotel. <laughs> she says, what's going to become of us? Dear God. I mean, it's, it, it, I can't even repeat this without getting choked, choked up. John, I, I got to tell you, this is this what's... And these, Rob, another these guy, are our people. These are American people. Dear Rob, God in heaven, what the hell? Him, Rob, no, another person comes on and says, I've called everybody. I called the governor. 
I called my state representative. I called my state and local people. I called every. I called FEMA. Every call is a dead end. Nobody tells me anything. Finally, somebody in Norfolk, Norfolk Southern called me back and said, well, go stay in a motel, save the receipt, and, you know, oh. there might be money down the, down the road. Another lady says, my husband and I have, I'm sorry, worked our whole lives. Every dime we have is in our home. That's our retirement. Wow. It's now worth nothing. It's worth zero. What am I going to do? Where do, where do I go? This, Rob, it is the most disgusting, sickening thing. And this president off giving away a half a billion dollars to Ukraine, talking about funding Ukrainian pension plans. So the quote unquote, they have some money in their pocket. And our people here in East Palestine, I mean, witness after witness, nobody gives a, nobody cares. Rob, nobody cares about them. It's, I've never seen this in my life. People crying one after the other. Nobody cares about me. And then they have this hearing. You know how many people are covering it? Me. Wow. There's no one here. There's no media. And they publicized it. The New York Times guy came in for 15 minutes, gone. Right? There's a couple of, um, I think, uh, a couple of very local TV stations, no national media, nothing. Rob, there's something wrong in a There's something wrong, Rob. I'm, yeah, but John, you know, yesterday, yesterday, uh, and, and you know, Donald Trump did what he what he had to do to get attention there. And everybody says it's all political. Donald Trump's presence is powerful. It means that people will respond. It means that help happens. Help is coming. He brought with him pallets of thousand, fourteen thousand bottles of water. He brought food and provisions. That's him. And yes, he's got a lot of money and whatnot. But more importantly, he brought the Attention. He brought the spotlight. So how dare anybody say that this is some sort of a political move? What's political is inviting a president to a country that he is deeply, uh, he owes a, a lot to because his son uh, was very, very involved in Ukrainian, uh, the gas company. Donald uh, uh, Joe Biden called off the, uh, the investigation of the gas company that Hunter Biden was on and all that. And then he goes to Kiev and they play air raid sirens just for effect to make it appear like it was more dangerous than it was. It was not dangerous for Joe Biden to go to Kiev. I would venture to say it was a little more dangerous for Donald Trump to go to a place where a mushroom cloud containing poisonous chemicals flew into the air and affected the groundwater as well. Well, you know, look, uh, the president's visit gave everybody... Uh, you know, made made Buttigieg go. Buttigieg goes today. He shows up in a in a in a hard hat and skinny jeans. Now, why do you have a hard hat on? Are you afraid that a pigeon might poop on your head? Well, guess what, moron? There are no pigeons. You know why? Because there's no wildlife. You know why? Because everything here is dead. You can't find a bird, a fish, a worm. Everything is dead. Dear God. This is a, I'm telling you, Rob, you got to come here like I've done for two days and see this. It is like a mini Chernobyl. I mean, this has got to be the, this has got to be one of the biggest ecological disasters in the nation's history. And could you imagine if this happened in Richmond, no. where, where I live, or Atlanta, 
or uh, or the Hamptons or or Martha's the Vineyard. Hamptons, Martha's Vineyard. I mean, the, 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 every every media company in the world would be descending on it, but because it's East Palestine and seventy percent voted for Trump, right? They don't care if these people live or die. This is the most disgusting display of government malfeasance that I have ever witnessed. And then passing the buck, I got to tell you, this hearing is bipartisan. The, uh, the 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 Democrat senator on this committee, the ranking member, um, uh, Senator Maraca, who was who was here, uh, is asking some of the toughest questions to uh, to Pima. Fema wouldn't even show up. Pima's here. That's the Pennsylvania emergency, emergency manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, she's asking some of the toughest questions. This goes beyond you know, Republican, Democrat, whatever. I mean, these are people that, you know, and they're working people, Rob, that work their tail off. You know, yeah. two jo- these are the people with dirt under their fingernails and couches on their hands yeah. that are just being forgotten. You these are the people. Not in America. Yeah. This is it. And I tell you the other thing, and I don't want to get into politics, yes. but anybody that doubted Trump's ability to win, this this one thing is going to elect president trump in 2024 this one thing because at the end of the day there's one guy if you're if you're just a working stiff like i am if you're one guy and you are rob you and i are the same i mean you were selling cars i was cutting grass let's just be honest with each other we're part of the we're part of the working stiff class yes sir the only guy that's got our back is donald j trump none of these other weasels John, can I tell you something? I want to tell you something because I can hear it in your voice, bro, and I have never – you are unshakable. I, I have never heard you uh, affected like this. But I'm going to tell you, the only people who don't care about the people that you're talking about are the elites in Washington, D.C., the swamp dwellers. Because 95-plus percent of the American people are behind the people of East Palestine. They just need to know how they can help out, my friend. And and when we are allowed – when we we have our energies channeled. We are going to change the lives of the people in East Palestine, John. I really do believe that. So I, I hope you're not disheartened. I know that it's got to be overwhelming to be in this situation and see people who are so poor, they have to buy their damn food at Dollar General if they're lucky, uh, and then be told that they have to drink bottled water when they can't afford bottled water. So we're going to, buddy, this is going to bring us together. This is the stuff, like even, hell, Rosie O'Donnell yesterday today on TikTok. She talked about this. I agreed with Rosie O'Donnell on this. 71% of us think the country's going in the wrong direction, and that means 71% of the American people love America, and they love its people, even when they live in East Palestine, Ohio. Yep. And this, gonna... this feckless, this feckless, cockroach, communist, half-dementia-ridden piece of crap president is over tripsing around Europe and you Ukraine, giving out checks like it's candy of our money, promising. And then we got we, we got six people in the Republican conference, the chairman of the of the foreign uh, of foreign uh, affairs over there. Mike, Mike McCall from Texas got yeah, six of them over there saying, hey, whatever you need, blank yeah. check. You know, screw you. Yeah. I mean, who are these people giving away our money when people in East Palestine and it's not only East Palestine, it's all the surrounding areas. Yeah. This is like a 30 mile radius. They can't buy bottled water, like you said, 
and these are and we got Republicans over over there with Biden cheering them on. What the hell is going on here, John? We we got to run, buddy. But I want to have you back on again, maybe even tomorrow. But if you can just find out how we can all help, that's what we need to know. We need to find out how we can help, John. Uh, but but thanks for being there, Brad. I've never seen anybody work harder than you in my life, and and it's because you and me, like Isaiah Pacheco and the Chiefs, were running for our lives. We've been given the opportunity, and we're going to use our our moment to do the best we can. And you do that, bro. Um, let's get you back on. Uh, where can people follow you as you as you travel across the country? Easiest thing to do: two things at JF. Radio show at GF Radio Show. That's all my social media at GF Radio Show. Download my free app, John Frederick's Radio. You can you can get me there, and uh, I'm on six to ten a.m. Monday to Friday. Anywhere you're listening to Rob Carson, you, you're going to get me six to right, ten a.m. Thank right, you, Rob. And, and God, hey, God bless you. Yep. Welcome to Pittsburgh. All right, bro. I'm excited about that. Let's take a break and come back. It's the Rob Carson Show. Dissent is not disinformation. It's the Rob Carson Show. All right. Thanks to uh, John Fredericks for being on the scene in Pennsylvania. I've never heard him uh, react that way. And, um, you know, while the elites in this country, while the uh, swamp doesn't care about the people of East Palestine and the surrounding area, we do. I know you do. I know this is ripping your guts out. And uh, uh, as soon as I find out how we can help in the most impactful way, we will. Okay. I don't want to steer you toward the charity. I don't want to steer you towards whatever. I want to uh, I want to make sure that the money gets to the people there. Think about this. Think about Joe Biden is in Ukraine promising that he's going to take care of the pensions of Ukrainians. In places like East Palestine, people's pensions were tied up in their homes. They're going to sell those homes. By the way, the, the average house in, in East Palestine, about $90,000. So uh, that was it. That, you know, they're going to sell that house when it comes retirement time. Maybe they've been in a house for 30 years. Now that house is worthless. I just can't even imagine. I just can't even imagine. So we're going to um, we're going to do our level best to find out how we can help. And I'm going to tell you, uh, I just I, it, diminishing returns. Uh, we are receiving diminishing returns from our federal government for all the taxes you pay. There's a point where you got to you know when you're considering a divorce. You know, you got to look at your where you are in the marriage. You got to see uh, what you're getting out of the marriage versus what you're putting into the marriage. You got diminishing returns. That's what we're getting from our federal government. We got an open southern border. We got fentanyl pouring in. 100,000 people died. 108,000 people died of drug overdoses last year. Many, uh, 70%, poisoned by fentanyl. We got an educational system that is in the crapper. We have a, <clears throat> a country that literally unleashed a virus on the world that destroyed our economy, that killed. Uh, a million people. Uh, I think the reaction to it, the uh, the, the things that the government did, and and uh, uh, health our healthcare system did was even more devastating. And I've I've got kids who are suffering still from it, and uh, diminishing returns, abuses, and use of patients. There's going to be a point where you just have to say we're not going to just sit here and be means of taxation and means of production. Screw that. What's in it for me? Because you're failing in every way, shape, and form. Particularly, you know, the most sovereign thing, which is our border, which is number one. Plus, you've also whizzed on the First Amendment and the Second Amendment as well. Just say no. Let's come back and wrap things up. This is The Rob Carson Show. 
Hey guys, it's Karsten. If you don't know already, I am live in the famed Rush Limbaugh slot, noon to three Eastern Standard Time on talk radio stations across the country, and the replay of every show is available everywhere you find podcasts. Just search Rob Carson Show. Make sure to check out my TV show on Newsmax called Rob Carson's What in the World? Follow me on social media, and above all, don't catch the stupid. stupid, stupid. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. 